This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Well, good afternoon to everyone, and welcome to the show. I uh, watched this morning the Obama speech that he made at American University about uh, the Iran deal. And to begin with, he starts off by once again apologizing to the rest of the world for the United States apologizing for us being Americans, for us going to war to defend ourselves. You know, typical Obama apology tour, uh, like he's been doing ever since he became president of the United States. And he makes his apologies, and then he goes on about how the Republicans are the same people who supported the Iraq war, and that's what he's apologizing for, us going to war with Iraq. And I've got no apology for that. We got rid of a vicious dictator. Uh, we stabilized bulwark there against further terrorism, but Obama pulled our people out of there completely and left Iraq in the Middle East to uh, face the onslaught of ISIS and research in al-Qaeda. And all of that's on Obama. That's not on the Republicans in Congress. It's on the Democrats in Congress who voted to support the Iraq war. There were weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. The fact that we didn't find them did not surprise me at all because I had seen pictures of Russian trucks at a major facility where we knew they had kept chemical weapons um, and biological weapons. And I saw the pictures of those trucks, satellite pictures of those trucks, leaving that facility loaded down. That stuff ended up in Lebanon or in Syria. Where do you think Assad got his chemical weapons? He didn't develop them on his own. He got them from Iraq, and they were given to him by the Russians. In addition to that, my oldest son was there in the original invasion, and shortly after the invasion started, they uncovered a facility for making mustard gas. All the ingredients were there. All the equipment was there. The instructions were there on how to, to mix the stuff, but they hadn't done it yet. But that didn't mean there were no weapons of mass destruction. But be that as it may, we went to war in Iraq, and now we are facing an Iranian threat that is a real threat. We're talking about nuclear weapons that are now guaranteed to be in the hands of the Iranians, at least in 15 years, probably in 10 years. And actually, I believe it'll be a lot, a lot shorter than that, because I don't think that this treaty that has been set up with the Iranians is going to stop them from developing nuclear weapons. It's not verifiable. They've got too much time to be able to hide things. They've got too many ways to cheat. Iran has never fulfilled its obligations under any international treaty since the revolution. So they do not abide by the treaties. They've already attacked the treaty itself. They have gone out front in saying that they still want to destroy Israel. They still want to destroy the great Satan, which is the United States, and they want to wipe the Jews off the map, face of the earth. Their rhetoric has not changed. Obama says, well, that's okay. You know, we can have little minor disagreements like that. Uh, they can say bad things about us. Uh, the important thing is we have an agreement that is verifiable. No, we don't. We don't have an agreement that's verifiable. 
We've got an agreement where basically we are giving back to the Iranians billions of dollars of money that was seized by governments around the world. That money now can be used to support Hezbollah, to support Hamas, to even support al-Qaeda. Because let's face it, we know that for a fact that bin Laden was hiding out after 9-11. Iran has also been a haven for members of al-Qaeda since bin Laden. Uh, we know that they have supported al-Qaeda. We know we support terrorism around the world. You know, I can't repeat that often enough. And Obama admits that basically today in his speech. But he doesn't care. And that's the whole problem with the man. He doesn't care. He is intent on doing what he wants to do. He's intent on assisting Iran in becoming a nuclear power. He's intent on not destroying ISIS. He's intent on supporting the Muslim Brotherhood around the world. The man is basically committing an act of treason against the United States. Because the classic definition of treason is providing aid and comfort to an enemy of this country. And it doesn't have to be direct aid. It can be indirect. And Obama, by doing what he's doing with the Iranian regime, by doing what he's doing with the other regimes around the world, uh, like Syria, you know, we drew that red line in Syria, then they crossed the red line. He drew the red line again, they crossed the line again. You know, it's just been one thing after another by Obama, and we were in a position where we are projected as weak around the world. Our allies don't trust us. Our enemies don't fear us. And now we're about to give in to the Iranians. Now, the rest of the world supposedly supports this. I don't know if that's true. I think there are a lot of people out there who are very worried about this thing. I think of the Europeans that are involved or into this deal simply because the sanctions on Iran were hurting them as far as getting oil from Iran, and they're more looking at their, their dollar figures than they are at the threat that Iran uh, is supporting the threats that Iran is supporting it against Israel and the threats that they will have against Israel and all the Middle East if, in fact, they get a nuclear weapon. We already see the Saudis and possibly Jordan moving to get nuclear weapons of their own because they're afraid of Iran. So, you know, every country in the world does not support this. The Saudis do not like this treaty. The Jordanians do not like this treaty. Nobody out there likes the treaty except for the people that were involved in getting it done, and that includes the Russians and the Chinese. Well, the Russians have always been big supporters of Iran. A lot of Iran's military equipment is sold by the Russians to them. So we have the potential now, and it's not just the potential, it's going to happen, of an Iranian army armed with nuclear weapons. And not just one. We're not just dealing with one nuclear weapon here. They've got the capacity to, in a short period of time, make dozens, if not hundreds, of nuclear weapons. This treaty does not prevent them from getting an ICBM. They can get one of those from North Korea. They can get one of those from Russia, or more than one. An ICBM is an intercontinental ballistic missile. At that point, they already have the missiles capable of carrying a nuclear warhead against 
Israel. But now they will have the capability to strike the United States, to strike anywhere in the Middle East, to strike anywhere in Europe, and to strike the United States with nuclear weapons. And with the way Obama is cutting our defenses and cutting our military, we may not have the capability to intercept them and, strike, and knock them down. So the entire world is being put at risk by Obama. And that's something that the American people have to look at. Obama was urging everybody to contact their members of Congress and stop these nasty Republicans from blocking and, uh, this important treaty, his legacy. Of course, it's not just Republicans, it's some Democrats and involved too and he's urging the american people to contact their members of congress to get them to support this treaty well i'm urging you to contact your member of congress and get them to impose it but there's something else that we need to look at here something else that is very important and is being totally overlooked or ignored by all the politicians out there and i'm talking about republicans and democrats and that is that the whole situation here with this treaty the whole way it is being handled violates the Constitution of the United States and violates the oath of office of everybody involved to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. This is a treaty. It's in the classic, it's a classic definition of a treaty, which is an agreement between two nations, an agreement between two or more countries made under international law and enforceable by the parties. The agreement with Iran certainly appears to fit that definition, but it is not being presented to the United States Senate for ratification by a two-thirds majority, as is required for a treaty. And nobody in the Senate seems to have a problem with this. They are allowing Obama to set the terms of the debate. They're allowing Obama to ignore the Constitution of the United States and present this treaty as an executive agreement. Now, there have been executive agreements in the past, but they have been dealing with minor issues. This is not a minor issue. This is a life-or-death issue, not only for Israel, but for the United States. This treaty would obviously not be ratified by a two-thirds majority. So Obama tells Congress... And the leadership in Congress, the Republican leadership, goes along with this. He tells Congress that I'm going to send this to you, and you can vote no. And if you vote no, I will veto that vote, and it will take the two-thirds majority of both houses to override my veto. That's absurd. Article 1, Section 7 of the Constitution of the United States provides that any bill passed by the Congress can be vetoed by the President, and then it takes two-thirds majority of both houses to override that veto. Operative word, any bill passed by the Congress. There's absolutely no provision in the Constitution or any federal law that wouldn't supersede the Constitution in any way. There's no provision for allowing the president to veto a negative, to veto a vote by the Congress that doesn't pass a piece of legislation. Yet that's exactly what Congress has agreed to. That's exactly what they're going to let happen here. They're going to let the president set the terms, and they are not going to probably only need 13 senators and Democratic senators to vote against 
overriding the veto. So they are allowing Obama to destroy the Constitution, to ignore the Constitution in two different ways. First, by not calling this a treaty, which it is, and submitting it for ratification. And second, by allowing him to veto a vote against the treaty. That's unparalleled. We need to take our first break now. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. So, here we are, once again, seeing Obama bypass the Constitution, bypass the balance of powers, bypass Congress, and yet we have Congress basically agreeing to this. Where is the guts? Where are the senators who should be stepping forward and raising hell over this? I mean, the members of the United States Senate, it only takes one to have standing. I had a long discussion yesterday with the supporter of the United States Justice Foundation who wanted to know why we hadn't filed suit on this treaty issue and why we hadn't attacked this as being unconstitutional and also violating because of the side agreements. And we haven't even talked about those yet, but the side agreements, that we don't even know what's in them, and uh, they're being kept secret by these side agreements. We're not attacking them on the basis that they violate federal law. Well, there has been a suit filed by somebody else. I do not think it's going to be successful because he's doing it on his own behalf as a lawyer, and that doesn't give you standing. Unfortunately, the federal courts and the Supreme Court is bad about upholding this, and federal courts around the country love to avoid taking controversial cases if at all possible. So they will look at the plaintiffs and they will say, you know what, you're not directly affected by this. You may be on the peripheral area. You're not directly affected. So we're not going to take your case. You don't have standing to sue. They do this all the time on taxpayer suits. 
Now, if you're a taxpayer and you're suing over something that's being done by the federal government that you believe is misusing your taxpayer money, I believe you have standing. But the courts consistently rule that you don't have standing unless the government is coming after you specifically uh, for some reason. So I can't sue on my own behalf. I can't sue on behalf of any of you listening out there unless you're a member of the United States Senate. Now, if you're a member of the United States Senate, you clearly have standing. Because here's the argument you would make, that under the Constitution of the United States, you are part of the two-thirds of the Senate that would have to pass this treaty if it's presented to the Senate as is required by the Constitution. That if the president does not submit this to the Senate for ratification, then you are being denied your constitutional right and obligation to represent your constituents. Now, that means that the voters who elected you to the Senate no longer have any say-so over how you vote because you're not going to be allowed to vote on this. This is something very serious to me. This is something that's devastating to the Constitution. Why has not a senator stepped up and made this point, filed a suit? We'll help. We'll give whatever support we can to help a senator do this. Why hasn't somebody stepped forward? Of course, I've been asking this question for six years, over six years now, because when Obama took office, the first thing he did was start appointing special czars, uh, giving them their own budget, giving them powers, uh, that were not authorized by Congress, setting up these little sub-agencies, basically, and sub-cabinet agencies, and they were not under control or supervision of the Congress of the United States as required by the Constitution. Furthermore, 45 of these people were appointed without the Senate voting on, to con- on their confirmation. Now, the confirmation only requires a majority of the Senate, but the Senate was not allowed to vote. They weren't even given the opportunity. And no senator stepped forward then to say, look, my constitutional obligation under my oath of office to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States is being violated. And my obligation to represent the constituency made up of the voters of my state is being violated by this refusal to submit the czars. They would have had standing there. Nobody did it. Here we have a even more serious matter, and that is a life-or-death situation, literally, for the world, possibly. Because if the Iranians get a nuclear weapon, they will not hesitate to use it at the first opportunity. They can precipitate a nuclear war that could engulf the whole world. At the very least, they're going to be giving the nuclear weapons they make to terrorist organizations so they can set them off in places like Israel and here in the United States. Why won't a senator step forward and make the clear case that, number one, this is a treaty and must be submitted to the Senate for ratification? And number two, and this may be a stronger point, And that's the one I made about the fact that there is no provision in the Constitution, there is no precedent in federal law, there is no precedent in American history 
of the President of the United States ever being allowed to veto a negative vote by Congress. Can you imagine the chaos that result from that? The President presents legislation to the Congress. The Congress considers the legislation and votes no, didn't pass it. So the President then vetoes that no vote and in order to keep the bill from going and becoming law, two-thirds of the Senate and two-thirds of the House have to override that veto. That essentially gives Obama unlimited power. That declares him a dictatorship because he can then propose legislation, and even if it's defeated by Congress, he can implement it by vetoing a negative vote. That's exactly what the Congress has done with this agreement with, with Obama. Why is nobody in Congress saying anything about this? I think even a member of the House of Representatives could be a plaintiff in a lawsuit and have standing on the basis that under this provision of the agreement, whereby Obama can veto a negative vote, that they are being denied their constitutional obligation and right to represent their constituents because it basically renders their vote almost meaningless. And that's a pretty scary thing. And that's what Obama wants. That's what he's been doing ever since he took office. He's been bypassing Congress. He bypassed Congress with his amnesty provision, you know, basically declaring amnesty for 11 million people here illegally. And by the way, that the United States Justice Foundation were still involved in supporting the litigation uh, that originated here in Texas, where the state of Texas sued uh, to have that action by Obama declared unconstitutional and was successful in the district court, and we filed a brief in the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals supporting that decision, and we were successful in the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. So now that is going to be going to the Supreme Court, and we're basically beating the bushes to help raise money so we can uh, pay for the uh, brief there, uh, because that's an important issue. But here's the key. First, Obama ignores the Constitution and declares amnesty which he has no authority to do, because clearly in the Constitution, under Article One, Section 8, the Congress is given the sole authority to deal with matters of naturalization or immigration. I mean, clearly that, that's the authority is solely within Congress. The president has no control over it. He can veto something that Congress passes, not that Congress fails to pass, but you veto something that Congress passes, but that's the only thing he can do. He cannot change laws on his own. He cannot make new laws. Yet, that's exactly what Obama's been doing ever since he took office. And clearly, he sees the, uh, the bringing in of illegals and putting them on a fast track to citizenship, even though they violated our laws by even being here. He considers that more important because it will help elect Democrats in the future. That's more important than American jobs. That's more important than American lives. That's more important than, than anything else to Obama, except that perhaps the, the pushing of the agenda of the Muslim Brotherhood. So he's continued to ignore the laws, and now he's ignoring the fact that two courts have said that this was illegal and unconstitutional. 
because he's continuing, and the judge here is threatening to, to sanction Obama, uh, to actually hold Obama and the Justice Department in contempt of court. Because, first of all, they've lied to the judge about what was really going on here. They've lied to the judge about whether or not they stopped putting illegals on a fast track for citizenship once the courts ordered them to stop it. It appears they have not even slowed down, and they've tried to hide that fact from the court. So Obama ignores Congress, grants amnesty, ignores the federal courts, and goes forward with the program, despite being ordered twice not to. And all this is something that we're having to deal with. And again, where are the members of the United States Senate? Where are the members of Congress? A lot of them are complaining about it, but not enough. I mean, you know, we were told that if the Republicans took control of the Senate, they were going to join with the House and reverse any amnesty granted by Obama. What's happened? I haven't seen much movement at all in Congress. Oh, yeah, people have talked about it. And I think there has been a bill introduced to defund it. But nothing's been done. No real votes have been taken. Mitch McConnell in the, in the Senate doesn't seem to be really interested in that situation. In fact, I'm not sure what Mitch McConnell's interested in, because he's certainly not pushing Obama on this Iran, the Iranian deal. I mean, yeah, the, they're, they're making the right noises. Like I said, they're making the right noises, but they're not really doing anything. Mitch McConnell's not doing anything. Uh, John McCain's not doing anything. Nobody in the Senate is really taking the bull by the horns here and saying, look, we're going to stop Obama. We're going to go to the courts if necessary. We just say, look, you cannot bypass the United States with a treaty, particularly not a treaty of this magnitude that's so important to the future, but not only this country, but the world. You just can't do it. Contact your members of the United States Senate. Ask them why they are not getting together and filing a lawsuit on this Iranian deal. And point out to them, and I'm going to do an article sometime in the next day or two, um, on this subject. I'm going to write about exactly what I've been talking about today, and that is why this is unconstitutional, both by avoiding the Congress and avoiding the Senate for ratification, but also by basically turning the Constitution on its head and giving Obama veto power where under the Constitution he has no veto power. I'm going to be asking those questions. You need to be contacting your representative in the United States Senate and your representative in the House and asking them why they aren't asking those questions, why they are not raising this issue. Because the fact of the matter is that they are not, and they're putting us in a very dangerous situation across the board. And let's go ahead and take a second break now, and then we'll talk about uh, the immigration issue some more. Who is or what is USJF? 
It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF. A nonprofit organization is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. You're listening to America's WebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Welcome back. And I want to talk about the immigration issue. How many times, and this is occurring on almost a daily basis, how many times are we going to have to hear about an American citizen or more than one citizen being murdered or raped or attacked or robbed by illegal aliens? Or by that matter, for people who are here legally. I mean, we have the situation where an American family up in Montana was gunned down by somebody who was one of Obama's dreamers. I mean, this was a kid who was brought into this country a couple of years ago illegally and who, under the special provisions of Obama's amnesty program, was granted legal status and then granted permanent legal status. And so we have a legal immigrant who apparently had some problems before with the law, but a family to help him when he's broken down on the side of the road, and he kills the mother and father and shoots the daughter in the back and leaves her for dead. Then we have a case as you this broke today where an illegal out in California who has been arrested about three times, not sure how many times he's been deported, but he's been arrested about three times, who raped an elderly woman who later beat her, and a few days later she died. The cops are out there looking for him. They know who he is. I think they made an arrest right now, but I'm not sure. And then we have the death of Kate Steinle, who was walking with her father on the wharf on a pier in San Francisco. And an illegal who had been arrested and deported five different times and was now back out on the street, shot her down. 
killed her. And by the way, there was some testimony in Congress going on about that, and it was the issue was raised that Louis Gutierrez, who is a Democratic congressman from Illinois, when asked about the shooting of Kate Steinle, referred to it as a little thing. Now, somebody was testifying before Congress, and there were members of families sitting there in the congressional hearing room listening to this testimony. And a woman who was testifying about what was happening and the rate at which illegals are, are killing American citizens raised the issue with Guterres about his remark that this was a little thing. And obviously to him it is. He went ballistic. He started screaming at her. How dare she use his own words against him? She was a racist for even quoting him. And he got to the point where a lot of the family members who were sitting there couldn't take it. They got up and left the hearing room. Guterres has not been called out on this. I haven't heard anything on, by, on Fox News about it. Nobody's talking about it. Nobody's really talking about anything serious when it comes to the immigration situation. The, you know, you get, you get your talking points, and you, you know, a lot of people are saying it's terrible what happened to Kate Steinle, and now they're going to be saying it's terrible what happened to this grandmother, terrible what happened to the family. But again, who is doing anything about it? I don't see anything actually happening. Certainly Obama's not being called on the carpet for it. Not the way he should be. You know, it's not just illegal immigrants. We have a situation right now where a police officer, an ex-Marine, a Memphis police officer, was gunned down in the street when he went to, to inspect an illegally parked car and apparently interrupted a drug deal. The man who gunned him down and has turned himself in was a bank robber, convicted bank robber. A black man who had been sentenced to 122 months in jail. And under this apparently new Obama program, which supposedly was just going to release from prison uh, people convicted on minor drug charges, Apparently, the program is much far more far-reaching than that, and I suspected that that was probably the case. But this man was released from prison, never served a day of his actual sentence, and was told if he went to get treatment for his mental health issues, he would continue to be free. So what does he do? He goes back and tries to do a drug deal, and when a cop comes up, he shoots and kills a police officer. Obama is releasing hordes of criminals on uh, us in this country. Look at the border here in Texas. Our southern border is still wide open. Local officials are doing their best, but the Border Patrol is basically told don't detain anybody, don't deport anybody, that anybody who comes in go wherever they want. They're now in the process of releasing uh, all of these so-called children uh, that are coming out of the, uh, or being, we're being held in, in a detention center 
in San Antonio, which, by the way, was not really a detention center. It was a former ISIS facility that had been turned into apartments. And they were also living in Lackland Air Force Base where they had get free medical care and free food and, and uh, free clothing and free access to television and free access to laptop computers, sports equipment, and, you know, you name it, free education. Then they're being turned loose. Who are some of these kids? Well, according to the people I've talked to on the border, some of these kids are, in fact, convicted felons. They are people who they know, for example, back in their own country, had committed murders. Many of them have gang tattoos on their faces or on their arms. They will admit that they murder people in their own country. They admit they're part of things. Border Patrol is not allowed to do anything with them except to get or put them on an airplane and let them go. 168,000 in this country. Just in Texas. I think it's correct that it's about 111,000 in two years committed crimes in the state of Texas. A total of 638,000 crimes. And we're not talking about DUIs. We're not talking about minor offenses. Some of them, yeah, are minor, but they're murders, they're rapes, there's child molestation going on all by people who have allowed, been allowed to cross our border illegally and who have been allowed to stay here under the Obama plan. They're the people being allowed to run rampant in this country. 68,000 of them have recently been released from prison. Now, these are people convicted of crimes, crimes ranging from, from murder to rape again to child molestation and armed robbery. Yet the Obama administration says, well, instead of deporting them back to their country of origin after they serve their sentence, we're just going to turn them loose in the American population, turn them loose on our streets, and let them go. And these are not minor offenses. Some of them are, certainly, but not all. But that's 68,000 criminals that Obama has put back on the streets in this country just the last few years. And now he's going around releasing people with drug convictions and apparently armed robbery convictions based on what happened in Memphis. We are not being protected. The people of the United States are not being protected by our leaders. We are being subjected to crimes by our leaders. We are, in fact, having crimes committed against us by our own leaders. And it's just going to continue getting worse because Obama is going to allow anybody who wants to to come into this country. There are going to be terrorist attacks. We have no idea how many people connected with ISIS or Al-Qaeda have come across our border. We do know, I don't think I've mentioned this on the show before, I talked to somebody who a couple of years ago, for a couple of years, has been working on the border. Uh, he's a Texas militia leader. And they go down there, not armed, they go down there to help man the border and look with binoculars and um, spot people who are crossing illegally and report them to the authorities. But uh, 
years ago, about 60% of people coming across the border were what they call OTMs, other than Mexico. So, it's not just the people from Central America crossing the border. He reported out of every hundred, you're detaining at that point. and sending them up to Minnesota and Michigan and dumping them in the Muslim community there. In Michigan, the police don't even go because they're controlled by the Sharia law of the Muslims and they're being allowed to do this. Now we have the Obama resettlement program of the United Nations, which is to resettle refugees from the Middle East, primarily from places like Syria. We are taking more of those refugees into this country than all the other countries combined. We're talking about hundreds of thousands of them are going to be brought in from places like Syria and Somalia, Yemen, and they're going to be they're going to get all the free famous raw. They're going to free housing, you know, free education, and they're going to be dumped right into our cities. None of them, none of them are having background checks done to see if they have been connected with terrorist organizations, if they have been convicted of crimes in their own country. Millions of these people are going to be put in the United States again so they can be put on the fast track to citizenship and vote Democratic. This is what we're facing. This is what, in his minions, we are being sacrificed for political correctness and the ambitions of Obama and the other so-called progressives. And ladies and gentlemen, forget progressive, forget liberal, that's States Justice Foundation since 1979 has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. With all the back and forth in today's politics, 
it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. We've been talking about the illegal immigration situation. We've been talking about the Iranian Treaty. And uh, you know, there's a lot more to talk about. But one thing that, that, that really disturbs me greatly, and again, we go back to the members of Congress, and this is not the Republicans, this was the Democrats that did this, but we've had these horrific videos about Planned Parenthood that is being funded to a great extent by American taxpayer dollars. And they have these Planned Parenthood executives and doctors sitting there eating salad and drinking wine and talking about how they are going to kill babies, abort babies, in a manner that will allow them to sell body parts for medical research or for whatever the body parts are used for. Who knows? We don't care who they sell them to. And now we have a video that's come out that basically has them uh, saying that they're going to abort the babies and not going to detect them. They're just going to sell whole babies to anybody who wants to buy them, anybody who's got money. To begin with, the sale of body parts of aborted children has been outlawed by the federal government for years. So this is clearly a violation of federal law. Yet, the Justice Department is not investigating Planned Parenthood. The Justice Department is investigating the group that did these undercover films, undercover videos. The mainstream media for the most part, has ignored the entire story. And when they do mention it, they talk about these highly edited videos. Now, they don't have any proof that anything's been edited. But you can't edit a video to make somebody say something that they didn't say. At least not very easily. There's been no proof that these videos have been edited, but there has been proof of is that what's happening is true, that these people are aborting children. And I say children because, you know, there's never been any doubt in my mind, and now it's been scientifically established if it hadn't before, never been doubt in my mind that a baby is alive from the point of conception. And, you know, they're, they're taking babies now and they're aborting them just about the time they're ready to be born. Doing live birth abortions. 
in some cases, even though that's illegal in most parts of the country. And now Planned Parenthood is making money off of selling these dead children or dissecting them and selling their body parts. Have we come this far? Apparently we have. 57 million children have been killed since the Supreme Court legalized abortion back in 1970. And, you know, I remember I was in law school when that happened, and I can remember going, where the heck did they get this? Where in the Constitution is abortion mentioned? Where is the right to privacy even mentioned? The only time they mention the right to privacy in the Constitution is in the Fourth Amendment, when they say that we are subject to, not subject to illegal seizures or searches of our property, or our businesses, or our persons. That's the only time they mention privacy. Yes, somehow the Supreme Court found that there was a right to privacy and that abortion, the killing of babies, was a privacy issue. And now it's become a woman's issue. You know, women control their bodies. I tried a case back in New Orleans Back in about 19, yes, about 1973, and uh, after I got out of the army, it was one of the first cases I handled. And I basically, I wrote a law and presented it to the legislature in Louisiana that regulated abortion clinics, because at that point, you didn't even have to be a doctor to perform an abortion. Women were literally walking out of these legal clinics and dropping dead in the parking lot. Because there was no checking them, making them sit in the waiting room for a while to make sure that they weren't bleeding. You know, none of that was going on. So we put some common sense regulations on abortion clinics. And of course it was attacked by the ACLU. And I ended up defending uh, the being appointed special assistant attorney general and defending the in federal court in New Orleans. Well, it was stacked against us. Uh, the judge was a Jimmy Carter appointee, a black judge who later went to jail for uh, corruption uh, while he was on the bench. He was taking bribes. But anyway, he was obviously against our position, and his clerk was a woman from Harvard uh, University who would meet every morning before the trial start started. She would meet with the female lawyers for the ACLU to plan strategy very impartial representing the judge representing the judicial system clearly in collusion with the ACLU lawyers anyway we had a case of trials in three months and of course we lost we're in the process of appealing it which is an decided to rewrite the law so there was nothing left to appeal and they made the law so weak that it was, was basically useless but uh, the point that got to me the most was the fact that I had one of these abortion doctors on the stand 
And I flat out asked him, I said, do you think it should be legal for a baby to be killed after it's born by its parents? Because my point was, if you think that women have the right to abort their babies, why wouldn't they have the right also to just kill them outright? And he agreed that they should be right. And that basically is what's being said right now by Hillary Clinton, the people who support the so-called women's right to choice. They should have a choice to kill their babies. If they have that choice, then we should have the choice to defund organizations like Planned Parenthood and not have our taxpayer money spent to support the annihilation of children. Yet the United States Senate, the Democrats in the United States Senate, have voted down legislation that would defund Planned Parenthood. Now, it could have passed by a simple majority. would have passed by a simple majority. But Mitch McConnell doesn't have the guts that Harry Reid had to use the nuclear option to change the rules of the Senate and allow a majority to bring something to, to be voted on. So we have a situation with Planned Parenthood, and we have a situation with illegal immigration and amnesty, and we have a situation with the... Obama's Iran deal. But before we wrap up today, there's something else that's, that's pending before Congress that has me very concerned, and that's H.R. 237. Now, that is a bill that is originated in the House of Representatives, and as I understand it, has passed the House of Representatives, and now it's going to the Senate. And this was a bill written by Republicans that had full Republican support that basically it According to the people who drew up the bill, it is designed to stop terrorism. It is designed to cancel the passports of anybody who, for example, is trying to travel uh, to some uh, terrorist-sponsored uh, nation, or trying to go into Syria to join ISIS, or get to Iraq to join ISIS, uh, that all of this is being... Uh, done to prevent those people from having passports, to basically cancel their passports, to stop them from leaving or stop them from coming back in if they have left. The problem is, the way the legislation is worded, sole authority is given to John Kerry under this bill to cancel anybody's passport for any reason at any time. They don't even have to tell you why your passport's been canceled. There's no due process. There's no appeal available. So, in other words, I could go to the airport next week and want to fly, say, to the Bahamas and be told that you can't leave the country, your passport's been canceled. Or even worse, I go to the Bahamas, I have a vacation, I try to get back on the plane to come home, and I'm denied re-entry in the United States. And I want to know why. They're not going to tell me why. Under this law, I'm not entitled to ask the question. I'm not entitled to take them to court to get my passport reinstated. Now, if we really think 
that this law, the way it's set up, is going to be used by the Obama administration for nothing but denying going after Islamic terrorists. And we're crazy. Because they are to go after everybody in this country that they consider political enemies. I mean, they're doing it with the gun control. They got the VA, they got BATF. Uh, now they got the Social Security Administration. Uh, after veterans and after senior citizens to disarm them. It's a lawless administration. Do you really think that they're going to obey the intent of this law? They're not going to use that as a political enemies? It's not going to destroy our freedoms even from they're already doing it? HR two to the from your state and tell them that you want them to vote against this. I have no compunction about going potential terrorists. And I'm talking about people who are known to be contact in contact with terrorist organizations or known to be determined to get involved with terrorist organizations. But this kind of broad brush puts all Americans at risk of losing their freedoms. And it's something that we cannot have, that we cannot tolerate. We can't sit back and give this kind of power to John Kerry and Barack Obama. I mean, the House and Senate have already given him the power to make treaties on his own when it comes to trade. They've allowed him to do amnesty because they haven't done anything to him about it. Anything about it? Enough is enough. We don't need to be sitting there vulnerable as Americans. I mean, you're, if you're a conservative, you run a conservative group. You've already had the IRS after you. Now you're going to have the Department of State after you. So contact your senators and get them to vote against. H.R. 237. Thank you again for letting me be on with you today, and I look forward to talking to you next week. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for